it's kind of a longer one. I just basically read an article from um, CSO, CSO Magazine. And then at the end, the third segment, it gets kind of, it's kind of long-winded, but I'm just trying to get spread awareness. I'm just trying to educate people on what a data breach is, how it happens, what to do, examples. But if you just want to get to my two cents on things, then just, just go to the end. Just go like the last five minutes probably or whatever. Well, hello. I thought I'd talk about data breaches and cybersecurity today. It's Sunday, July 17th. Are the futures down? No. Futures are still green just by a couple points. We might get some thunder bleeding into the microphone. So get excited. How's your guys' weekend going anyways? Pretty good? That's good news. That's good to hear. You look nice. You smell nice, too. This one is from uh, HIPAA Journal. And this is from six days ago. I'm just going to start... Hey, we're going to start going through some headlines, just like the old days, just like the Wall Street Journal days. Associated Eye Care Partners issues notifications about December 2020 data breach. Montana-based Associated Eye Care Partners has recently started notifying patients that their private health information was compromised in a data breach at a business associate that was detected in early December 2012. According to Associated Eye Care, AEC, notification letter dated July 8, 2022, upon notification, well, let's just get that, an extensive data mining project was then conducted to determine which individuals had been affected, and that process was completed on May 16, 2022. After verifying contact information, notification letters were sent in July, AEC, did not disclose when it was informed by NetGain about the data breach. So I guess NetGain was, I've never heard of any um, associated eye care. I mean, I'm a licensed optician, so it's not like... AEC said names, addresses, social security numbers, and medical histories had been exposed and potentially stolen, but there have been no reports of any actual or attempted misuse of patient data as a result of the data breach. In response to the breach, AEC replaced NetGain as its hosting vendor, migrated all data to another service provider, and has taken steps to introduce further safeguards to prevent any similar attacks in the future. AEC has offered affected individuals complementary credit monitoring services. The NetGain Technologies data breach was reported separately by each affected client and is understood to have affected more than 1 million individuals. It is currently unclear how many AEC patients have been affected as the incident has not yet appeared on the HSS whatever. So that's just one from 6 days ago. Let's keep want to keep going. Uh well this is also from 6 days ago. This is from CPO Magazine. What does that stand for anyways? What's CPO? Hold on. You know what, guys? Just be patient here. Um, what does it stand for? What is it? Well, whatever. This is from CPO Magazine. Another data breach at Marriott as social engineering attack yields 300 to 400 customer credit card numbers. 
Given Marriott's general cybersecurity history, expectations for the chain are not very high at present. Thus, a recent data breach that only compromised one property and only resulted in the theft of 300 to 400 customer credit card numbers seems relatively benign next to its prior incidents. The 2014 mega breach that impacted some 340 million customers worldwide and was not revealed until 2018. Of course, of course it wasn't. And the 2020 breach that exposed personal profile details of 5.2 million guests. The data breach took place at the BWI Airport Marriott near Baltimore. Hmm. Baltimore, Maryland, you say? And Mar Marriott says that it is directly contacting the 300 to 400 guests that had credit card information exposed. A social engineering attack was executed on a member of the hotel staff who unwitting, unwittingly granted access to the property's network to the hacker. Social engineering attack, is it that, that's what they're calling it now. Another data breach for Marriott, but involving only one property. A statement from Marriott indicates that the attacker only had access to the BWI airport Marriott systems for six hours. However, that was long enough to exfiltrate about 20 gigabytes of data, this apparently was mostly composed of non-sensitive hotel business information, but also contained the hotel's payment and reservation records containing customer credit card information. Given that the hotel has 310 rooms, it is possible that the attacker only accessed information for guests that were checked in at the time or had upcoming reservations. Information leaked to databreaches.net indicates that the data breach may have happened sometime in late May 2022. Late May. Okay. Marriott confirmed that social engineering was used and that one employee at the hotel was tricked into giving over access to their computer, presumably by phone. The data breach appears to be limited to just property as the associate did not have access to Marriott's broader network. However, the attackers apparently did attempt to privately extort Marriott corporate with information about the data breach before they released some of the documents they stole to the public as proof. All right, let's keep going. Um, how about... I, I thought I read one for... Was it Alibaba? Let's see if we can find that. I, I want to try and get... Um, magazines, periodicals that we've heard of. Okay, here we go. This is from two days ago. This is Bloomberg. So I have heard of this magazine. And so have you. Do I have enough? Create an account. No, I don't want to create an account. Bloomberg... Technology, cybersecurity, scrutiny of Alibaba in record breach may ensnare all China tech. E-commerce giant led a wide sell-off of China tech on Friday. Researchers suggest most likely cause may be user error. Oh, yeah, no kidding. What, I can't? You've reached your free article limit. Ugh. No, that's not very... This isn't very good podcasting content, is it? Um, okay, just hang on. We'll find something here. We'll find another one. Let's let's look that up. Let's go into Alibaba. Hello, security Info Watch. Let's go with that. Here we go. You guys ready? Healthcare tenant healthcare faces lawsuit after data breach affects 1.2 million patients. Lawsuit seeks more than 1 million in damages. Hey, I know what that feeling's like. This is by Catherine Marfin, Dallas Morning News, July 13th, 2022. 
A Texas man has filed a class action lawsuit against Dallas-based Tenant Healthcare and its affiliate Baptist Health System after the company has experienced a data breach this year that affected more than one million patients. The lawsuit was filed July 5th in Dallas County on behalf of Troy Contreras, one of the one of about 1.2 million patients affected by the breach, and alleges that the companies failed to properly notify patients of the breach or take proper precautions to prevent it. It seeks more than 1 million in damages. Tenant Healthcare and Baptist Health System did not respond to requests for comment. Tenant said in a news release, April 26th, that it launched an investigation immediately after learning about the data breach, which it referred to as a cybersecurity incident. The company immediately suspended user access to impacted information technology applications, executed extensive cybersecurity protection protocols, and quickly took steps to restrict further unauthorized activity, the statement said. According to the lawsuit, Contreras received a letter dated June 17th from Baptist Health, which operates a number of medical centers in San Antonio, notifying him that a third party accessed personal information from the health systems network between March 31st and April 24th. That's that's within the same window of time that I sold my GPU and computer on eBay. The letter said the information could have included demographic data, social security numbers, and information about patients, health insurance, and billing records, according to the lawsuit. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep looking at some other stuff. Uh, you want to go to... We'll do TechCrunch. We'll do... What? No, let's do this one. This is from Security Magazine. Security Magazine. Material cybersecurity breaches increased... 25% in 2021, July 14th, 2020 security staff. Traditional security approaches that rely on reactive mitigation measures and manual processes aren't keeping pace with current cyber threats. As a result, 27% of all executives and 40% of chief security officers, CSOs, say their organizations are not well prepared for today's rapidly shifting threat landscape. No kidding. No kidding. A study from Skybox Security and conducted by Thought Lab surveyed executives and analyzed the cybersecurity investments, practices, and performance of 1,200 companies and public sector organizations in 16 countries and a wide range of industries. On average, organizations experienced 15% more cybersecurity incidents in 2021 than in 2020. In addition, material breaches, defined as those generating a large loss, compromising many records, or having a significant impact on business operations, jumped 24.5%. The top four cases of the most significant breaches reported by the affected organizations were human error, misconfigurations, poor maintenance, lack of cyber hygiene, and unknown assets. Human error, though. I've been saying it. You gotta get someone in there who knows what they're doing and recognizes stuff. What's notable about this list is that all of these conditions result from mistakes or manual processes inside organizations, which means they are all in principle avoidable, said Rand Abramson, threat intelligence analyst at Skybox Research Lab. The clear implication is that, however, pernicious external threats have become, cybersecurity teams still have the power to repel them. Absolutely, if you have the right talent in the right places. 
The study found that organizations that prevented breaches ranked higher in cybersecurity progress as measured by the National Institute of Standards and Technology framework. Beyond the NIST framework, 48% of organizations with no breaches in 2021 had implemented risk-based cybersecurity management strategies. They also performed better in key cybersecurity metrics. 46% were top performers in time to respond to a breach. Gotta have the right people there, otherwise, because if you don't, they'll take advantage of you. Okay, let's go. We'll do another one here. We're coming into the second uh, second segment. It looks like futures are up, but they're about to drop. If you're paying attention right now, it's uh, 9.24 p.m. market time on Sunday, July 17th, and futures are about to drippity-droppity, so get ready. Buckle up, you guys. It's about to go. This is from TechCrunch. A ransomware attack on a debt collection firm is one of 2022's biggest health data breaches. This is from Zach Whitaker. This was published just four days ago. A ransomware attack on a little-known debt collection firm that serves hundreds of hospitals and medical facilities across the U.S. could be one of the biggest data breaches of personal and health information this year. The Colorado-based professional finance company, known as PFC, which contracts with thousands of organizations to process customer and patient unpaid bills and outstanding balances, disclosed on July 1st that it had been hit by ransomware months earlier in February. So why does it take five months to disclose that? I think that's a little bit counterproductive. Uh, It doesn't sound very much like a professional finance company to me. PFC said in state of breach notice that more than 650 healthcare providers are affected by its ransomware attack, adding that the attackers took patient names, addresses, their outstanding balance, and information relating to their account. PFC said that in some cases, dates of birth, social security numbers, and health insurance and medical treatment information were also taken by attackers. In a separate filing with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, PFC confirmed that more than one point, basically two million patients, are affected. <clears throat> wow, man. At least two healthcare organizations listed as affected by PFC have issued their own data breach notifications. Bay Health Medical Center in Delaware. Hey, we mentioned Delaware, Delaware yesterday, didn't we? It's like maybe Delaware, it looks like, huh? We're affected by the PFC breach while Coleman County Medical Center in Texas disclosed the breach to 1,200. The attack on PFC is second only to second only in size to a March 2022 data breach at Shields Healthcare Group, a medical imaging company with facilities across New England, affecting an estimated 2 million patient. PFC Chief Executive Michael Shoup did not respond to our email asking for information about its ransomware attack. Instead, the company's general counsel, Nick Prola, reiterated its boilerplate statement in an email, but declined to answer our specific questions, including why it took the company four months to notify affected healthcare providers and whether the stolen data was encrypted. I would say it's not. It's not the first time a debt collection firm has been targeted by cyber criminals and resulted in a massive theft of personal information. At least 20 million patients had data stolen when AMCA, a medical debt collector, contracted with laboratory testing giants LabCorp Quest Diagnostics, was hit by a data breach. AMCA subsequently filed for bankruptcy following the breach. Wow. Wow. 
let's go. I, I uh, did a little search here on Alibaba. We could go with Roy Wall Street Journal. Um, yeah, we'll go with Wall Street Journal. Hopefully, I can still access this. Um, okay. Wall Street Journal. Alibaba executives called in by China authorities as it investigates historic data heist. Cybersecurity companies say Alibaba's cloud platform that hosted Shanghai's police database used outdated systems that didn't offer ability to set a password. <laughs> wow. This is from July 14th. This is three days ago. Hong Kong executives from Alibaba Group holding LTD cloud division have been called in for talks by Shanghai authorities in connection with the theft of a vast police database, according to people familiar with the matter adding urgency to an internal investigation by the Chinese tech giant into how one of history's largest data heist was allowed to happen. The investigation revolves around a cache of sensitive Shanghai police data on an estimated nearly 1 billion Chinese citizens, which was offered for sale online. That's, it's concerning. <clears throat> Where's the rest of the story at? Where, how do I, is that it? Hmm, I thought... Okay, that was a short one. Where's another... Um... This is CSO Online. So CSO must be Chief Security or whatever. But CSO Online. Data breaches explain types, examples, and impact. When data is lost in a breach, the costs and consequences for the companies that hold the data and the individuals whose data is stolen can be significant and long-lasting. Josh Frulinger from July 14th. What is a data breach? A data breach is a security incident in which a malicious actor breaks through security measures to illicitly access data. Data about individuals' names, birth dates, financial information, social security numbers, and driver's license numbers, and more. Lives in innumerable co lives in innumerable copies across untold numbers of servers at private companies, public agencies, and in the cloud. If someone who isn't authorized to access personally identifiable information PII manages to get a look at it that can have dire consequences both for the individual and for the organization that stored the data and was supposed to keep it safe PII is valuable to a number of types of malicious actors remember PII stands for personally identifiable information valuable to a number of types of malicious actors which gives an incentive for hackers to breach security and seek out PII where they can. On the flip side, companies and government organizations that store data often fail to adequately protect it, and in some jurisdictions, legislation aims to crack down on lax security practices that can lead to data breaches. One last note on terminology before we begin. Sometimes people draw a distinction between a data breach and data leak, in which an organization accidentally puts sensitive data on a website or other location without proper security controls so it can be freely accessed by anyone who knows it's there. But the line between a breach and a leak isn't necessarily easy to draw, and the end result is often the same. How do data breaches happen? The data breach happens when someone gets access to a database that they shouldn't have access to. This is a broad description and could include something as simple as a library employee sneaking a peek at what books a friend has checked out when they have no legitimate work reason to do so, for instance. 
Most people wouldn't find that to be all that problematic, but it is true that some data breaches are inside jobs. You guys ready? You guys ready to start digging into this? I know we're getting into the third segment, rounding the corner to the third segment. You know it's going to get good now. You know it's, you know it's going to get good. But it is true that some data breaches are inside jobs, that is, employees who have access to personal identifiable information as part of their work might exfiltrate that data for financial gain or other illicit purposes. In other cases, however, data breaches occur along the same pattern of other cyber attacks by outsiders, where malicious hackers breach defenses and manage to access their victims' data crown jewels. The how question helps us differentiate several different types of data breaches. There are four types of data breaches. Insider theft. Insiders can be compromised by attackers, may have their own personal beef with employers, or may simply be looking to make a quick buck. Unauthorized access. This is probably the scenario most of us imagine when we picture a hacker stealing PII, an expert, cyber criminal navigating around firewalls and other defense systems are taking advantage of zero days to access databases full of credit card numbers or medical data that they can exploit. Attackers may use phishing, spyware, and other techniques to gain a foothold in their target net networks. A specialized version of this type of attack involves physical theft of hardware, where sensitive data is stored either from an office or more likely from individuals who take laptops home and improperly secure them. Data on the move, personal, personally ident identifiable information that's being transmitted across open networks without proper encryption is particularly vulnerable, so great care must be taken in situations in which large batches of tempting data are moved around this way. Okay, yeah, we're still, we're still getting, uh, I think we're going to take a little break here, and then we'll wrap it up uh, in the third segment and start getting to the nitty-gritty and, and nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty. We're going to talk about some stuff. More cybersecurity bling, and you're getting bored of talking about eBay's lack of security, infiltration, man in the middle, credential stuffing. No, I'm not getting bored of talking about it. People need to know. You have to bring awareness to it. This is a serious issue, guys. Come on. All right, you guys ready to jump back into it? Because then we'll have the bling commentary afterward. All right, so we just got done going over unauthorized access, phishing, spyware, the other type of data breach. Data on the move, personally identifiable information that's being transmitted across open networks without proper encryption is particularly vulnerable, so great care must be taken in situations in which large batches of tempting data are moved around in this way. Accidental exposure, this is the data leak scenario we discussed above. It's surprisingly common for sensitive databases to end up in places they shouldn't. Copied to serve as sample data for development purposes and uploaded to GitHub or some other publicly accessible site, for instance. Attackers have automated tools that scan the internet looking for the telltale signatures of personally identifiable information. Then there are those organizations that upload crucial data to a cloud service but misconfigure access permissions. 
There's also a physical analog here when companies insecurely dispose of old laptops and hard drives, allowing dumpster divers to get access. Yeah, but how common is that? How common is that? For those organizations looking to prevent the damage of a data breach, it's worth considering what these scenarios have in common. Most companies probably believe that their security and procedures are good enough that their networks won't be breached or their data accidentally exposed. Some are right about this, many are wrong. If you are wrong and the increasing ubiquity of network breaches makes it increasingly likely that you will be a zero trust approach, can mitigate against the possibility of data disaster. Even if an attacker gets access to your network, personally identifiable information should be ringed with extra defenses to keep it safe. Access to databases that store PII should be as restricted as possible, for instance, and network activity should be continuously monitored to spot exfiltration. Stored passwords need to be treated with particular care, preferably cryptographically hashed, something even companies that should know better fail to do. But I, I do have a, a, if I can just interject here real quick, I had an experience over the weekend, something like a Slack account, couldn't get into it, trying to get two-factor authorization. I needed to get to my email in order to open my Slack. But I couldn't get to my email because of the two-factor authorization that, I don't know, I don't know. It was a little bit too much security to where it's like, it doesn't matter if it's too secure or if it's not secure. If you can't access it, it doesn't make any difference at all. And I think that's kind of where we're at right now as far as cybersecurity goes, just this rudimentary sort of over-secure network at times that ends up making things less, ends up keeping your data inaccessible to you and everybody else, which I think is not very, it's not very good. What are examples of data breaches? CSO has compiled a list of the biggest breaches of the century so far. With details on the cause and impact of each breach, these include not just the big Chinese-driven hacks noted above, but also hundreds of millions of accounts breached at Yahoo, Adobe, LinkedIn, and MyFitnessPal. What's worse, some companies appear on the list more than once. Here's a brief timeline of those significant breaches. 2012, LinkedIn, 165 million users. 2013, Yahoo, 3 billion accounts. 2013, Adobe, 153 million user records. 2013, Court Ventures, Experian, 200 million personal records. 2013, MySpace, 360 million user accounts. 2014, Yahoo, 500 million accounts. 2015, NetEase, 235 million user accounts. 2015, Adult Friend Finder, 412 million accounts. Man, there's that many accounts on there. 2018, MyFitnessPal, 150 million user accounts. 2018, DubSmash, 162 million. 2018, Marriott International, Starwood, 500 million. 2019, Facebook, 533 million. 2019, Alibaba, 1.1 billion pieces of user data. 2020, Sina Weibo, 538 million accounts. What is Sina? Well, I don't know what that is. 
2021, LinkedIn, 700 million users. LinkedIn, recent data breaches, 2022. While 2022 hasn't seen any breaches quite as high profile as those listed above, that doesn't mean hackers have been sitting on their hands. In June, Shields Healthcare Group revealed that their data may have been compromised, affecting up to 2 million people. Shields Healthcare, huh? That same month, hackers stole 1.5 million records, including social security numbers for customers of the Michigan-based Flagstar Bank. Michigan, huh? In February, hackers leaked the names of hundreds of participants in the so-called Freedom Convoy in Ottawa after breaching Give, Send, Go, a Christian crowdfunding platform used by, or by the organizers. Data breach statistics. Looking for some key data breach stats, security software provider Veronis has compiled a comprehensive list. Here are some worth noting. 58% of data breaches involve personally identifiable information. 64% of Americans don't know what to do after a data breach. <laughs> wow. In 2020, it took a breached company on average 207 days to realize they'd been breached. What is that, seven months? That's a little, yeah, it's a long time. It's just half, half the year. And, and as far as... 64% of Americans don't know what to do. That's same. It's just like, oh, well, it's yeah, I guess that, uh, I guess they can steal my money and stuff. I guess it's not that safe after all. Isn't that what the government's for? Like, aren't there supposed to be, like, safety measures put in place to protect its citizens? Or are we just not doing that anymore? Just like, ah, just roll it out. Roll out the internet. It's not safe, but just do it anyways. So what? 150 million users. It doesn't matter. It's half the United States. No big deal. Impact of a data breach on individuals. In some ways, the idea of your personally identifiable information being stolen in a breach may feel very, fairly abstract, and after an endless drumbeat of stories in the news about data breaches, you may be fairly numb to it. But there's an awful lot, of the, uh, awful lot that criminals can do with your personal data if they harvest it in a breach, or more likely buy it from someone who's harvested it. The criminal underworld is increasingly specialized. eBay knows about that all too well. Personally identifiable information provides the fundamental building blocks of identity theft. A clever criminal can leverage OPSEC and social engineering techniques to parlay even a partial set of information about you into credit cards or other fake accounts that will haunt you in your name. If your password was in the stolen data, and if you're the type of person who uses the same password across multiple accounts, I think that's everybody. <laughs> I think everybody does that. Hackers may be able to skip the fraud and just drain your bank account directly. That said, the correlation between data breaches and stolen identities is not always easy to prove, although stolen personally identifiable information has a high enough resale value that surely someone is trying to make money off of it. Some of the highest profile data breaches seem to have been motivated not by criminal greed, but rather nation-state espionage on the part of the Chinese government. So the impacts of the individual are much murkier. What to do after data breach organizations should have detailed plans in place for how to deal with data breaches that include steps such as pulling together a task force, issuing any notifications required by law, and finding and fixing the root cause. 
If you're an individual whose data has been stolen in a breach, your first thought should be about passwords. If the account that was breached shares the password with other accounts you have, you should change them as soon as possible, especially if they're for financial institutions or the like. Many password managers not only help you choose, choose different strong passwords across websites, but also include data intelligence features that automatically let you know if any of your accounts are associated with the public publicized data breach. Beyond that, you should take extra care to maintain your financial hygiene. Okay. In particular, freezing your credit so that nobody can open a new card or loan in your name is a good idea. Consequences of a data breach. How are we doing on time here? Oh, geez. We're 10 minutes of the third segment already. This is a boring episode. Consequences of a data breach. A company that allows the data with which they were entrusted to be breached will suffer negative consequences. Such a breach can damage a company's reputation and poison relationships with customers, especially if the details of the breach reveal particularly egregious neglect. There are also direct financial costs associated with data breaches. In 2020, the average cost of a data breach was close to $4 million. Much of those costs are the result of privacy regulations that companies must obey when their negligence leads to a data breach, not just fines, but also rules about how breaches are publicized to victims that involve administrative work and headaches on the part of the company. The overall goal is to encourage companies to lock down user data so they aren't breached, but that's cold comfort to those that are. So that kind of, the overall goal is to encourage companies to lock down user data so they aren't breached. In the case of eBay, your account suspended permanently. Locked down user data. That's what I'm thinking. However, it's so stupid. It's so stupid of a move that I still have a hard time believing that it's even eBay. I feel like it's still like, I don't know. Data breaches and the GDPR, what does that even mean? There are a number of regulations in different jurisdictions that determine how companies must respond to data breaches. HIPAA in the U.S. is important, though its reach is limited to health-related data. But the 800-pound gorilla in the world of consumer privacy is the EU's GDPR. Let's try and guess what GDPR means. Um, let's try. Let's not which many large companies end up conforming to across the board because it represents the most restrictive data regulation of the jurisdictions they deal with. The GDPR requires that users whose data has been breached must be informed within 72 hours of the breach's discovery. And companies that fail to do so may be subject to fines of up to 4% of the company's annual revenues the details, however, are enormously complex and depend on whether you can show you have made a good faith effort to implement proper security. Well, there's that. So what do you guys want to talk about then? How do you guys want to discuss it? You guys even want to discuss it? TikTok resets the clock on security leadership. Five key considerations of your 2023 cybersecurity plan budget planning, understanding your API attack surface, how to get started. Ooh, that sounds good. But we're not going to do that just now. We're going to talk about um, other things, other more important things. But before we get into this extended third segment, it is Sunday, July 17th at 10.08 p.m. market time. 
the e-mini futures, the S&P 500 futures contracts for September 22 are up seven points at 38.72, up two tenths percent. However, again, it's 10.08 p.m. market time, Sunday, July 17th. However, they are about to drippity droppity, you guys. So if you're listening, good luck. But just, just so, just so you know, I tried to help. I tried to warn you. I tried to give you the future here, the answers. I'm always trying to give you guys the answer. Let's stay logged in on this one. All right, so I'm gonna do my own little spiel here and start talking about um, other cybersecurity issues and problems. So the first thing I'm gonna say here is waiting. When you wait, um, the longer you wait, the harder it is to recover your data. It is to recover um, things that you lost, things that were stolen. Uh, it, the longer you wait, the more difficult you make it for yourself. With eBay, it's just give it a couple days. Just wait. Just keep waiting. That is the wrong thing to do. You need to be vocal about it. You need to make a big deal about it. And everything that you do is an attempt to recover the money that you're owed. That's it. If you're bothering people, if you're um, being obnoxious and annoying and repetitive and just droning on and on and on, nonstop episode after episode, we freaking shut up already about it. No, I won't. Because there's no recourse here. There's no... There's no, there's no um, options to, but besides like filing, uh, going to small claims court or filing like civil charges, because that's a civil matter. Thanks, police. Like you have to go through the courts and the government, fill out these forms. Up, oh, you didn't fill out that right. Wait three months. Fill us back. Give us the um, filing fee or processing fee. Whoops, you got the wrong one again or you didn't sign that one and date it. It's such a, like a hokey, freedom isn't free though, you guys. Like if it's, if the court system is so uh, infallible or just so divine, divinely inspired, why isn't it easier to use? Why, why is it um, off limits to the layperson? financial things aside and, and filing fees and processing fees and application fees aside uh, as far as expenses go. But why is it always like, oh, you have to get, you should probably get a lawyer for that and pay for billable hours. And if you don't have the money because it got stolen from a data breach or from eBay, um, you, you can't pay for it. So then what? You just, okay, well, I guess you just, lawyer's not going to help you because you can't pay them and you paid them all you could and now you're even more broke they're not going to help you so that that was a waste of time and money and now you yeah that's it good luck on the streets you know forget that forget that i've come too far and i've put in way too much effort to just okay well i guess that's it well, I guess I'll just give up and just keep trying to get... I'll just try and get a job and dig myself out of here. 
it's not my fault. Oh well. I guess I'm just a loser. That's what not to do. I guess I'll just keep waiting. Don't do that. Because you're not a loser. And the longer you wait, the harder it will be, the more difficult you're making it for yourself. Look, I've gone through a pretty severe depression here. And uh, through eBay's intentional infliction of emotional distress. So for me, it's like I've been able to catalog and journal uh, my experience since for three months now on this on this podcast. And really, with Anchor, you have all the tools, right? <laughs> it's true. Different listening platforms. But like it's available to everyone to to do a podcast or to make a YouTube video. Um, sometimes it's a little bit complicated, it's a little tricky with the internet and if you don't have the, the right technology. But ultimately, it's mostly available to just about anyone. And it takes you know, some practice, trial and error. Um, my podcast is a very good example of a lot of errors and long-winded talking over another episode talking about eBay and cybersecurity again. But I don't have any money, so I can't file these things just yet because I don't have the processing fee and application fee and all that. I am going to do it. Uh, trust me, I'm going to make it to San Jose one way or the other, um, whether by foot, by car, train, horseback. I, I have nothing to lose here, literally. There's... I have nothing left for anyone to take. So instead of me starting over, um, which is what I think e-commerce wants you to do, that's why they're waiting three months or seven months. Just let, let you get messed up during the process of this data breach, have your passwords, and it's their fault. They allowed it to happen. Their security wasn't good enough. Uh, the personnel wasn't trained enough. It was, it's their liability. But if they wait seven months, it's like, oh, how, do you, how can you prove it was from us? More so, are you even around to prove it? Because if you're on the street, you're not really thinking about... What the hell is that? It's a ghost in here. You're not really thinking of uh, the eye care professionals or... Marriott Hotel as the culprit because you're on the street, you're in your car, you're starving. So you couldn't even afford uh, the option of pursuing it, pursuing legal matters. Good thing we've been fighting all these wars for 40 plus years cumulatively so that we can have these freedoms at home, get robbed, and no one's to blame. It's so shitty, man. Like, what a stupid system. What an absolutely stupid system. Just American citizens, whether it's China doing it, as that article suggested, or whether it's Russia that's doing it, like I suggested, or whether it's eBay's inside jobs, like that article suggested and I'm suggesting. A combination of everything. Cars have to go through an extensive, like safety, recalls, all that stuff, extensive medicine, 
um, research and development, the cost of developing a drug um, is so expensive these days, and it takes years. There's different uh, hurdles that you have to go through each time to get it finally approved. Years. And the cost of the medicine, usually it's just to absorb the cost of the research and development. Yet, so we have all those regulations, and we have all these click it or ticket. You have to wear your seatbelt, get pulled over. You want to save lives here. Oh, e-commerce? Now you have to watch out for scams. Yeah. Oh, even if your data, even if your personal, <laughs> personally identifiable information was accessed through somebody else, through Alibaba, <laughs> we still have to be more careful and just change your passwords. How much did you lose? Eh. Well, good luck. Like, I might not have been physically hurt in a car accident here, but uh, I'm going to be on the street nonetheless. Well, we have laws for uninsured drivers. You can't drive your car uninsured. It's mandatory, like $400 fine if they get caught driving without insurance. It has to, even if it's just liability only, I mean, it's the responsible thing to do. You're going to get fined if you don't have car insurance. What are you driving around without insurance? It's not safe. We don't, we can't, we can't have those types of liabilities, thousands of dollars worth of damage, medical bills, please. Just buckle up and wear your seatbelt and pay insurance. You got ripped off on eBay. <laughs> no, eBay's safe. eBay doesn't do that. What'd you do? How did they get your information? Or what did you sell? Were you selling stolen goods? Your life is over. You've lost everything. Nah. Nah, you must have done something. eBay wouldn't just suspend your account permanently if you didn't do anything and ruin your life. All right, well, good luck with that. It's so backwards. It's so backwards. There's nobody liable for this. There's nobody responsible for it. There's no one accountable for it. And if they are accountable for it, it's what, seven months down the road, four months down the road? Um... That one mentioned, uh, we were reading earlier, the breach happened in 2014, but they didn't announce it until 2018, four years later. That's four years for you to lose your livelihood, for you to just get behind and get underwater, get out on the street, get hit by some uninsured motorists. It's freaking dangerous. You didn't have those, those type of financial liabilities driving around in a car without insurance. Yeah, but e-commerce, cybersecurity, you know, you did something. You gotta be more careful. You just gotta, you can't let your passwords and stuff, you gotta change your passwords. If they allowed a car to go on the roads and it just started smashing into people, hitting things, and then, what did I do? I didn't do this when the car just drove off by itself. I don't know what happened. The car got a mind of its own. They would recall the car. That company wouldn't exist anymore the company that's building these messed up cars without any safety features. And that would be that. That would be en the end of that company. You'd hear it on NPR. You'd hear it all over the news. They'd be talking about it nonstop. I think they were for a while with the Toy Toyota Brakes, right? Was it the Prius? I heard that all the time. The Toyota Prius, there's those airbags, Takata airbags. All the time, man. And how many people were affected by these airbags? Like, hurt, injured, yes, I, it's serious, but it wasn't thousands or millions. The potential was there to 
affect millions, thousands, sure. But you weren't just driving down the road, driving down the freeway, and people's airbags were going off. I never saw that. My airbag never went off either. So yeah, it's happening to others. Yes, it's actually happening, but how common was it? And, but there was this huge deal about it. They had to make this huge safety, safety first. When you have all those hospital forms, there's so much information that they ask you, insurance information, social security numbers, and they're always like, you gotta keep that information safe. You gotta, it's a HIPAA violation. It's a huge fine if, you, if there's a breach in them. But then it's just like, ah, 150 million accounts, got uh, 2014 or whatever, eight years ago. Keep filling these forms out, will ya? Yet, it's affecting me, eBay stealing from me. Um, go on Reddit, you can read all about it there too with everybody else it's affecting. Yes, it is happening almost like you're driving down the freeway and airbags are just going off. I'm just going down the information superhighway and here's eBay, one after the next, just ripping people off. I started a new account today and I got permanently suspended. I just barely opened the account today. Why, why did that happen? Like, dude, I've had an account for 20 years. Same thing happened to me. I don't know why it's happening. I have some ideas, though. But no one's talking about it. It's not like the airbags. No one's doing anything about it. Except for the Bling Vera podcast. I'm talking, hey, I'm on the forefront of things here. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. 2012. It's like 150 million users. 10 years ago. And when was the other breach? 2021? 700 million? Give me a break. And yet you, you expect me to, to go on LinkedIn to find a job, to find employment on LinkedIn now? No way. I'm staying away from that shit. eBay, LinkedIn, all that shit. There's no way. I don't trust it at all. And yeah, I'm going to be as vocal and repetitive redundant as possible, just over and over talking about the same thing. I'm trying to inform all my fans listening and tuning in at home. Because yes, it's going to feel good when I say I told you so, absolutely. Um, but that's not the motivation here. That's not, that's just a, just a nice side effect, a nice positive side effect. I'm doing it for my need to aggress, to protect others, to help others who don't have a voice, who can't do it. I want others to know that they're not alone here, being ripped off, stolen from, and, and thinking that nobody cares or everyone's just cool and casual about it. Because I'm not. Like for me, if the dominoes are still falling, it's been over three months since it, it, it happened. And I'm pissed still, even more so at times. I get freaking livid car gets repoed, more late fees, more reconnect fees, for what? Because we implemented a, an internet too soon before it was actually safe and allowed, others to allowed people to use it, innocent people to use it. No regulations, no penalties, no anything. Sell some items, sure, yeah, sell them. They'll get returned to you, item not as described, and take it out of your bank account. Give it back to the seller. They'll send back 
it's a fake item. I'm that's, hey, that's the cost of doing business. That's sometimes eBay has scammers. It's like, what the fuck is this? Imagine going to Walmart, exchanging something. I couldn't either. <laughs> I couldn't either. I just like, didn't take it back. No, but you exchange something, they just keep your money and they don't give you anything. There's no return, there's no exchange. They're just like, thanks. See you later. Like, hey, what's, where's the money? Where's the other item? Or what, what are my options here? Like, no, we're keeping everything. It wouldn't last. So why is it okay on e-commerce? Why is it okay for millions of users to just get robbed or compromised with no recourse? There's nothing you can do unless you're a lawyer. In which case, yeah, you're going straight to hell anyways. Not really worth the fight. You just might as well give up right now. You sold your soul a long time ago for billable hours and you know it. And if you're a cop, if it happens to you and you're a cop, you're a police officer, you're going you're gonna to walk into that Walmart and you're going to start beating people up and you're going to start freaking shooting everybody because that's what cops do. That's what the police are there for. Keep everyone safe. If you're not a lawyer, if you're not a cop, then there's nothing you can do. You just have to be careful next time. Like, no, I'm not going to allow that. I'm not going to accept that. Because other people have been accepting it for way too long and allowing this to happen. If, if we would have been speaking up a long time, 2014, when these data breaches started happening, but it was like a victimless crime. I was like, whatever. Eight years later, though, all of a sudden, start boycotting Russia. Kind of very synchronized. It's like, oh, that's why. Like they've taken control of the internet, and they're probably up to some other shady shit, too. And it pissed a lot of people off. They're not even talking about it on the news or anywhere. A man in the middle attack, landing pages. What ends up happening is there's like a cloned website, same landing page, it asks for your credentials, right? Click on the wrong link and it looks exactly, click on an email, link in an email, looks exactly like the login page that you've always logged into, no problem, looks exactly the same, except it's not. And you're like voluntarily just giving, here's my username, here's my password, and let's log into Wells Fargo. Chase Bank would, Chase Bank would take care of it. Jamie Damone would not allow that to happen. Wells Fargo, on the other hand, or eBay, Alibaba, just so backwards. We're over here fighting wars for 20 years and just letting this happen at home on, on American soil. Like, that's dumb. That's so dumb. Marriott's only, only 400 or 500 guests' accounts or credit cards. No, it's only 400 or 500. Last time, our last breach was in the millions, so about 2 million. This is nothing compared to that. Just 500 lives, just 500 guests at our hotel. Everyone on eBay is like, oh, my page views, there's, no one's looking at my items for sale. Why is that? It's because eBay's data infrastructure was so freaking uh, not safe. It was insecure, completely insecure. And it's been infiltrated years, years worth. And then corruption from the inside. Like, no one's looking at your items for sale because 
there's no buyers and there's no freaking users on there because all their accounts got suspended and hijacked and taken over and stolen from. Lives ruined. And here's how to protect yourself next time. You're going to want to get a password that's really secure. It's like, how about you guys just make a data infrastructure that's safe? Instead of implementing this and rolling it out before it's, before it's safe, before it's usable. I mean, we trusted this technology, we trusted this system. Just thinking it was okay, just thinking there's no, we'll take care of it if there's any data breaches or anything. We'll just take care of it as we go. It's like, this is going to turn the world upside down. And it's not like it's, <laughs> it's going to turn the world upside down just a little bit faster than it already is being turned upside down. Well, at least, at least corporate profits are record-breaking corporate profits, 2020, 2021. You know, I ever thought the pandemic, so the shutdown was going to slow down and you come with e-commerce explosion yeah well you guys have a nice time retiring um the rest of us that had our livelihoods stolen through your e-commerce website we're just gonna have fun on the streets not retired even though we're retired aged with gray hair oh no don't worry about it uh, you don't have to apologize it's fine i'm fine on the street i'm really glad i put all that effort into to try and not be on the street, but yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You have fun paying off your house, and getting a couple cars, put the kids through college, get them a safe place to live. Um, I'll be fine. I'll be all right. And I, I honestly think the trajectory that we're on, it's, it's, we're at the point of no return here. This is a sinking ship, e-commerce is. Cybersecurity, if you don't have the right people in the right places to recognize what the hell's going on, it's going to happen to you. Yes, I'm, I'm posting on LinkedIn. eBay is not safe to use. Do not use it. Like last month. Only to find out a few weeks later, it's like FBI, there's a warning against LinkedIn. It's like, holy shit. Well, I guess I'm not using that anymore. I guess I'm not so embarrassed about posting that about eBay after all. Writing poems about the chair of the board. Freedom's lost and freedom's taken away on the 4th of July, 4th of July Friday. Go do a little search on LinkedIn, I'm sure you'll find it. Maybe you can see what I look like. It's just a matter of time before there's gonna be a lot more understanding and sympathy here. When it starts happening to people that you know, and starts happening to you, there's nothing you could have done about it. Change your password, do whatever. There's a breach. There's got loose anyways. Nothing you could have done differently besides not use that, besides not use the Marriott. Don't have a Marriott reservation. Besides uh, eating Big Olaf ice cream or going to New Jersey. Freaking eBay. Besides buying or selling anything on eBay. But again, we're at, we're at the, the tip of the ice cream burg here. The very tip of it. It's just getting started. And it's, it's taking on, it's, it's probing the outskirts of users, the outskirts of e-commerce. E seeing what vulnerabilities there are, seeing who to attack, how to attack them. And everyone's probably saying, yeah, Bling Vieira, 
leave him alone. That guy will latch onto your company if you if you cross if you cross him the wrong way. He will latch onto your company like Ogden Auto Towing or IAAI out of Chicago. It's freaking. And he'll make podcast episode after podcast episode about your stupid, dishonest company, like eBay. So maybe we should just, let's just skip him this time. Yeah, username and password's right there. There's not a lot in his bank account anyways, it's pretty much just a few cents. So it's not really worth it as it is, but let's just, let's leave him alone. That's the type of security, that's the type of... <laughs> like message that you have to send but the, the more we allow it which we've done seven months we didn't disclose it until after seven months uh, four months after the breach happened four years ago it's like you need to do something about that like the, someone needs to be punished for that but no one's no one's doing anything so I just have to try and protect myself and try and Protect others, my need to aggress. So what can you do? Well, be generous, be charitable, give to others on the street. Don't be so, so judgmental because someone uses drugs or something. And we don't want to fuel their addiction. Like, yeah, you do. You'll make their day if you do. You should help them out, give them a couple bucks. And get their fix and make it through the rest of the day. They won't be sick. But just try and be a little bit more sympathetic and understanding. But besides changing your passwords and doing everything that we already talked about and so, you know, securing your network and stuff, be vocal about it, whether you've been affected by it or not. But especially if you've been affected by it, you need to be vocal about it. You need to make sure others hear about it. And you need to make sure whatever company stole from you or ruined things for you or disrupted your life, your routine, a couple bucks, a couple thousand, a couple hundred thousand, make sure that you're vocal about it, that somebody hears it. it might get old, it might not be easy, you might embarrass yourself on LinkedIn, eBay's not safe, uh-oh, looks like LinkedIn's not safe, because We've allowed it to happen for way too long. You guys are the coolest. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Take care.